Welcome back to another episode of the Exterminatus Podcast, all things competitive in the world of Warhammer 40,000. My name's Eric, with me is my co-host Robert, and you guys are probably, where the heck have you guys been? Hello. Yeah, it's been a busy few weeks. Uh, we had the week uh, where Robert went to LVO, and uh, we got home pretty late. Then the following week, I went uh, with my kids' hockey tournament, which actually will have a 40k spin soon enough. And then this past weekend, well, we had our own uh, GT, which became a major, to run uh, here at Scorched Earth Open here locally. So we've been a little busy. <laughs> really? Has it been that long? I've kind of, I have I have time dilation problems. That, that might be part of the issue. So we've got lots going is. on. So uh, first, um, we talked a little bit about your LVO experience last time. So good news is we've had a Warhammer, uh, is a Warhammer Day Open? Was it Warhammer? I forgot what the exact name of the event was, but we got new models. <laughs> yeah, models, that's all we care about. Yeah, And uh, none of these were really big surprises. I think most of us had guessed what they were from the silhouettes they showed off, but dun-dun-dun. Uh, so the uh, fourth uh, Oak oak of Omen, I'm good there, Arcs of Omen, I'll get it right just in time for the next season to come out. Yeah, surprise, surprise, is uh, Farsight. And we're getting a new Farsight model. Yep, and let's not forget yep, about the also gets get a new model as well. So um, pretty interesting stuff. I'm curious to see. I'm assuming they're not getting new rules. Well, I mean, we'll see exactly because of the fact that Farsight is probably going to be in one of the Arcs of Omen books. Snickrot, I don't know. I know Snickrot is in the next Orcs boarding patrol box so is farsight so i think they're all supposed to be slotted around okay. and playing boarding action it is interesting because they when they first talked about this boarding actions things they said there'd be no new um data slates you know they, they wanted to keep as streamlined as possible uh, coming in so curious to see if they will get new rules or not yeah probably some minor change or like maybe a keyword change but i do like I both the models they, they look really cool but yeah i could i mean tau or tau i find it very very boring because it's tau i wonder how many times i'm I can gonna say tally i kind of like it because it kind of leans more into the samurai theme which i think it works a little bit better than traditional manga theme so yeah that's definitely something that when i think about farsight enclaves because i know they're original they're also the host of the yeah. like the eight or whatever it's called like the the crazy special like special yeah, which kind of died off which was sad to see but um <laughs> i mean they're they're on the floor oh, but they oh, used to be okay used so, to have their own rules actually i think they had a codex supplement of their own yeah something something like that but um the the stick model he is orky he is a commando he still just looks like a boy though like he doesn't look as goofy as yeah. his old model did where he's going shush and still on the topic mm-hmm. of new models that haven't come out yet the the box with the vac. That's right. So if I remember right, you've got some Fallen again. and you've got some Gas Space Marines in there, correct? <laughs> I mean, as much as you would wish it would be Fallen, Eric, it's just so I believe Dark you also Angels got the, Chaos uh, Space Azrael that made the primary sleep. So. Yeah, it's Supreme Grandmaster Azrael. And five Deathwing Terminators, ten Intercessors, and then the Chaos Space Marine half is Vashtor, a Unicultist's Two obliterators. You know, not, I'm, and a it's not a bad box because there's a lot of those are integral to some competitive lists that we're seeing in the early ages of Arcs of Omen meta. Yeah, the the Terminators for Dark Angels is definitely starting to show a little bit of age. The the intercessors are intercessors. 
you get a cool looking sergeant cool. though always cool with that and then the i think this is yet another yes. box that the venom crawler has been shoved into and we have it's a shame it's actually it not that table. bad of a unit i mean it's it's got play so yeah i know the the big thing is going to be vashed or yeah that's the main thing that that box is going to solve for aka i'm getting one just to get fast or put into a display board. He's not even going to be played. Well, I know a couple guys were looking at the obliterators, so maybe you can uh, sell those out. Oh, I mean, it's literally like, I, I just want the fast or you can scavenge the rest of it for whatever you want. I might use the venom crawler as part of the display board again, but no, I don't know. Nice. Yeah, no, it's good. No, it's, 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 it's tempting. I'm like, uh, I could, it's just for me, the biggest issue is even if I were willing to, as, as Ray was trying to convince me to go back to chaos. Um, I have still have my chaos space Marine army. The problem is they are all the old models and they're still on 20, uh, whatever, 28 millimeter bases, whatever Marines used to be on. So I'm like, I have to rebase all of them. I'm like, Oh, mm-hmm. this is going to be bad. So yeah, the, the rebasing process. Oh, that's what I'm, like, I'm not terrible. sure I'm going to do that, but anyways. Yeah. It's exciting to see new models and, to see the new rules for Vashdor, which I'm pretty sure they're going to leak throughout the week if they aren't out on the internet already. And this is the only thing that bothers me. Vashdor is getting his own dice. Mm. They literally look like they're made of wood. Wood. Mm. That's just me being nitpicky. But yes, anyway, we have more important things Here to in there. So models, where do you want to start? Do you want to start with some of the out, outer um, events that we saw? Or do you want to kind of go over your experience at our own local event? Well... I think I can ramble about Scorched Earth Open for a okay. good minute, so I think we so should start with Gaming's first open. event of the Arcs of Omen era, and uh, first on their own little circuit, which, uh, interesting, was uh, rolled into the Games Workshop uh, WCW. So, yeah, Curses you for stealing my acronym. So, yes, the, the top five for Cherokee Open, which, as expected, is a humongous event. We have Jeremy Stan with custodes we have gabriel rochelle hopefully i pronounced that last name right it's french and it looks really hard with astro militarum we have john lennon in third place playing iron hands <laughs> i sense a dreadnought in second place we have brad chester yeah, what team is he on now brad chester is on now participating with the death or glory folks so thomas ogden and including the person who took the first place title of stephen crawley with Deathwing. So Dark Angels. Interesting event. And so I'm looking at trying to get what the final head count was. Um, but you're right. It was a rather huge event. Uh, 257, as a matter of fact. Our hat goes off to Jordan Shush. Uh, he uh, finished in last place. <laughs> he did. <laughs> he stuck it all the way through. So I have a feeling this list is not going to be entirely Deathwing. There's probably going to be some Raven Guard tucked up, but if I'm wrong, I am wrong. So, looking at it, we have Azriel, Ezekiel, a very, very angry Interrogator Chaplain, a Ravenwing Talon Master, we have a single Infiltrator Squad, we have a Deathwing Ancient, a Deathwing Command Squad. Why does this feel like we're going back to the start of Ninth Edition when Dark Angels came out? Another Deathwing Command Squad, and then one, two, three bricks of Terminators with a de- with a Ravenwing Apothecary. Yeah, and that's what I'm trying to figure out. If I'm not sure. I don't have the codex in front of me, but can you m- mix in a Raven Guard Apothecary and still get all the death go- Deathwing? Yeah, I'm pretty sure you can. I have the codex over on my shelf somewhere. And, I mean, it's all Dark Angels, and he took the detachment as 
elites, so everything is perfectly legal. I know the old list of Dark Angels, you would squeeze a Talon Master or two. The only thing that they mm-hmm. didn't benefit from was getting the Inner Circle, which is literally all the Terminators and most of the characters. Point. That's it. Yeah, that's it. So this this list is just the, hey, I'm going to stand here and do nothing and get at least 60 points minimum, even if I lose. I'm looking at the list, and that's what I'm trying to think. It's, I'm trying to think of also their secondaries in terms of are they just literally just standing on objectives, collecting points. That's really what it comes Because I get it. They, they all have transhuman without the, um, you know, having to spend that, the stratagem on it. So they're just kind of standing there. Nothing can wound them on uh, other than f- on four up. So I'm like, okay. But, and then it's, you know, got the two up armor save. Yeah. So it's like, oh God. So, yeah. And, um, and every single one of these Terminators is walking around with God. Storm Shield. So you're, yeah, you're walking around with one up armor saves. And this actually ties into one of the matchups I had at scorched earth open where i played against dark angels in round four i ran into something very similar to this the only difference was he didn't have a fast moving apothecary he didn't have the raven wing apothecary he didn't have the talon masters he didn't have the command squads and he didn't have the infiltrators he brought even more terminators kind of thing and i (laughs) that list is hard to go through if you don't have the ability to just right but dunk terminators but on the head. Know, it's one of those. It's like you've been dunking them on the head. There's so many different ways to do that, and it eliminates a lot of the big ones. You know, it's you know in a mirror match, what does it do? Because it's like you know thunder hammer on thunder hammer. Well, you're still wounding me on fours. Big deal. And then oh, I, for instance, I threw my desecrator into four, three or four deathwing terminators that were incredibly i put them from 10 to that many in a shooting phase my desecrator only killed one so yeah the fact that they walk out into an objective they touch and hold it for at least a turn and then they continue walking at you and they still hold the objective oh, i totally forgot about that i think is a major that's right marines have sticky objectives all the time <sighs> yep so that list if it is able to proceed uninhibited onto objectives and hold multiple objectives in a single turn, then yes. On the set, on the next turn, they go, okay, these are all ours, yeah. and then they walk right at you. But yeah, this is definitely not a fun list to go into if you're expecting any kind of like, oh, hey, yeah, this is super fun and engaging. It's, no, that list just stands there and takes all of your bullets. Wow. Yeah, I don't know if I have an answer for that. I barely did with just dumping one damage guns into these Terminators going, all right, here's AP2, 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 AP2. And a few times I've run into it, it's usually like, well, it's bedonking Terminators on the head, as you described it. It's usually, I'm going to hit you with, you know, 70 attacks. I know they're all EV minus one, but in one damage, but good luck, you know? <laughs> yeah, that was the, and for, it's either you pour literal buckets onto their Terminators, or you have high damage guns like the auto cannons on Helverins and whatnot that are flat three damage. So if you get to go first and you get to shoot at them, then it's not so much of an issue because it's okay. Every failed save is dead Terminator, dead Terminator, dead Terminator. Keep pulling them, keep going, which is why I got so lucky in my game because I chewed through 11 of them, but there was still almost 10 of them left at the end of the game. The apothecary can actually bring them back, correct? Yep. Because you make him a selfless healer, you make him a chief a chief apothecary, so he can do the stratagem for free, 
and he can also heal a guy all the way up to full wounds. Yeah, it's it is a rough list to walk into, and it's just going to probably continue spiking the lethality of the game, because if you need to be able to chew through Deathwing Terminators, you either bring mortal wounds or you bring a whole bunch of big guns. Yeah, it seems like the assault meta just kind of died out all of a sudden. Uh, at least initially, I'm pretty sure there's going to still be aggressive armies like Tau that are super mobile. And as long as they can kind of piecemeal units, like maybe picking up a handful of Terminators at a time with all of their high damage plasma and everything else, right. can easily pull that game back. Um, if you throw up like how you would have to do where it's a bajillion attacks. The only problem is you're going into two up armor saves, so you're punching right. into like custodians. The um the other th- I, I think the answer is just mortal wounds. So you need to be like thousand suns or tyranids with a whole bunch of psycho bug. Um maybe gray knights. It, any army that can just punch out mortal wounds or something like guard where it's just here are all of our shots. I was thinking about the Kersikin has some sort of mortal wound strat now. Oh yeah, you just go, here's my 100 point unit. I target this unit, this unit, this unit. Dice for days. Because <laughs> that happened in my round two. I lost my big knight and almost lost two little knights to that, basically. That was fun. But yes, so that is the Cherokee Open, the first major FLG event of the new season. And it got started out with quite a bang. Quite interesting as well. So yeah, kind of a statement on the meta and statement of and some new teams and of course some big name players playing some new factions so be interesting to see if they stick with them or continue to stop throughout the uh, season yep and looking over it the to- out of the top five three of them were marines so i think marines are coming back to right. be a meta relevant choice once again and now we're going to come back westward i think so how many players did we have so we sold 74 tickets and um I think at uh, Dice uh, Arrival, we had over 60. I don't want to remember exactly what it was. But um, so it still makes us the largest event in Arizona history, which is always good. And uh, it did make us an officially a major event, so very excited. I know they don't use that vernacular anymore, but it's still used every now and then as a uh, measure. So very excited to see that. A uh, new venue, and this time it was a fundraiser for the... Um, it's a Campo Verde uh, high school wrestling team, and uh, we were able to raise over $2,600 for them, which is a pretty big deal so far for, for their budgets. So it's good to see that. Yep, and it was definitely a fun event. Our, our terrain was as good as ever because having nice big L's and everything else that's nice and coherent, you're not having to worry about like off-size terrain, like using GW stuff or anything else, usually solves a lot of people's headaches. Yeah. for any kind of space. Uh, terrain was good. Uh, location was good. Plenty of spacing between the tables as well. So interesting now from a TO perspective, I'd say it's, it was an interesting uh, experience because I kind of looked at it as, you know, by the time we run our fall event, the, the, the rumored next edition will be in play. And so it was kind of like, okay, what, you know, what needs to change to make the game more accessible type thing? And I'd say seventy percent of the the questions, I literally read the the rule as it's written in the rule book, and they go, "Oh, it does say that." So uh, part of me is kind of like, you know, yeah, there's so many people who complain GW doesn't know how to write rules. So I'm like, how many of you guys actually read it, you know, or did you read it all the way through? So 
uh, and some of them were like I really did not have a whole lot of uh, conundrums where I had to like mm, I don't know what the spirit of the rule was supposed to be. I'll just rule this way to make it very little of that. Yeah, I know there was one thing that I had to ask several people. I know there, there's actually a rules question that I asked you during one of my games where I ran into a potential scenario of one of my models doing starting one action on the yeah. last turn and then starting a second one. That one was like, okay, I don't think I can do this. Yeah. What? What if? So to just round off the, the top five here for our event, in fifth place, we have Ali Huang playing Chaos Knights. We have Justin Aguilar in fourth place playing Orcs, the only Orc player at the event. In third place, we have Chase Chapel. He was playing... Well, excuse me, my dinner's coming back to bite me in the face. In third place, we have Chase Chapel playing Yanari. In second place, we have Tarek Hale playing World Eaters. I got smacked <laughs> in the face by him in round five. That was hilarious. In in first place, taking it all is Jason McKenzie with go. Tau. Hey, that's tally number five. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, a lot of a lot of out of staters as well, which is nice to see. Um, so overall, yeah, it was interesting. I saw Salmon Tarek's game as well, and um, first time actually seeing World Eaters played. So that was an interesting experience to see how they operate. And uh, it's interesting there. There are times you may have the blood tie to bring uh, your Primarch back. It may not be the best play. And he was he made an interesting situation. He did that as well. It was like a later game situation. And it made more sense to buff more units so he could be at more places at once to get more objectives. So it was, it was interesting. He was going against a Votan player. So the idea of bringing uh, Angron back and then having him get thumped by the... Uh, Hecatrix. Yeah. It's just like... Um, the rail guns. Yeah, what's the point? Yeah. So, especially because he comes back on only eight wounds, apparently. So Yeah, that's how the blood type works. It's not you get a full health Angron, you get an Angron that is half alive, but you can bring him back multiple times if you, you get enough. So overall, it was... I finished in 16th, which is not as high as my finish at the <laughs> Octio Onslaught. May it rest in peace. Uh, fourth place. But it's exactly what I wanted to get. I went. That's good. So tell them about your games. Well, my first game was against Yanari, and oh my, but gee willikers, that game was so ridiculously tight. I only won by two points. Trying to remember if it was your game or one of the other Nari games, but that's another example. Got out the rules, right? People says, well, can the Incarn jump when a unit fails morale, therefore it becomes destroyed? And you know, like you literally read the very last slide says does not does not apply to units that are destroyed via morale. So like, did you guys read this? <laughs> okay. No, no, that was not my game against Eddie. And Eddie is a great opponent. I am jealous of him painting white. He admits it's a pain in the butt. But that game came down to the Incarn. He killed one of my executioners. The Incarn jumped on top of it, made his charge. No, killed a brigand. No, I killed a unit. It jumped there. Then the incarn jumped in and killed my executioner. And then I overcommitted into the killing <laughs> that incarn. It was so bad, but it was the right thing to do because if I killed the incarn, if I didn't kill the incarn, he would have jumped the incarn over to the other side of the table when I killed his wraith blades, which then would have held me up for another turn. Mm, interesting. And I probably would have lost the game at that point. And. Then round two, I played against a guy who goes by the name of Sensei Swag. He is a hoot to play against. He is from Texas. Um, 
he brought Astromilla's harem, <laughs> and it was a consistent, hey, I had a really close game one. We're just going to get destroyed game two. <laughs> I lost 120. Yeah, it was a really well-painted army as well. It's a great display board. And a ton of those um, Forge World, what yep. they're called. Something carriages, uh, sort of artillery piece. Those things were nasty. Yeah. Oh, the yeah, the Earthshaker cannon. Yeah, between like two of those and three Lehman Russes and Kasserkin, I lost my Desecrator and two Wardog on his first turn. Yeah, had a big Alpha Strike potential. <laughs> it was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, the the big thing was is he admitted that if I went first, I would have had a game against him because of the fact that I had started my big eye on the table kind of out of the way. So I walk forward, blow up an Earthshaker cannon, charge into his Sentinel that he forward deployed. Bada bing, bada boo. My big guy is now favored. And now if he doesn't kill him, right, my big knight gets to walk through his entire arc. So, and that took us something like an hour and a half, maybe a little bit less. We had so much time left on our hands. In my third round, we I went up against Iron Hand's successor. That one was definitely still a close game. She had some of the most stubborn <laughs> models that just did not want to die, like at all. Round four what was the Dark Angels game I talked about. That one I only won by three. What was points. your answer to Terminators? And um, I need more auto cannons. Interesting. Okay, so that goes because knights don't have any real way of dealing mortal wounds, and Deathwing are super high leadership. So, me making you take dread tests to try and deal mortal wounds or not get into me oh. is incredibly hard. Interesting. At that point, yeah, it's it is just an entire thing. So at that point it's more of a I'm going to play the slow game and if I can draw beads on units, then I'm dedicating a whole bunch of shots into them until that unit is basically dead or it's down to like two terminators. So that way it's not mm. as scary. Um but no, nah, otherwise I don't have a real solid answer for dealing okay. with Deathwing Terminators outside of, you know, forcing saves. And then round five was the game against Tarek, losing 100 to 28, all because I messed up my terrain deployment. He got to stage his entire army behind two buildings <laughs> right in the middle of the table on the scouring. Um, I lost Ow. six war dogs on his second turn. Yeah, that was fun. And then my last game was against pure Iron Hands. That game was by far the biggest difference of a win for me with a 91 to 59. But that was a tit for tat. He killed a war dog. I killed a Redemptor Dreadnought. And that's, mm. it just went back and forth. Sometimes, yeah, the training game is hoping you'll get more pieces than he does. And it doesn't always work out. Yeah, it was just a, you took my robot? Well, I'm going to take yours. <laughs> Fine. He was a great sport, though. Otherwise, I had a really, really fun event. My... <laughs> Big guy Ben got a whole bunch of eyeballs on him. I'm a little, I'm a little upset that I didn't win best painted, but there was a lot of pretty, a lot more pretty stuff. Yeah, best painted was it was pretty stacked at the top. Um, there was a you know big bell curve in the middle. There were there were a couple that were like, Oof, that's uh, yeah, that's all the colors. Fair, well, well done. So, <laughs> but um, <laughs> and there was someone yeah. was like, did you get all of these second hand? But yes, no, it was a very wonderful event. And if I remember you saying correctly, at the end of the event, Smite Club Correct. Open is around... I believe September. it's the second weekend in September, I think 9th and 10th, if I think off the top of my head. So we're looking forward to that. Yep, I will have to make sure to bookmark yeah. those good, dates good once stuff I actually there. see what they are again. So, 
But uh, no, it was a really good experience and just kind of good to be back in the swing of things when it comes to judging and running events again, and especially a large event. Our 10th year, that was crazy. So that we've been running Scorched Earth now. So it was kind of cool, you know, just, just seeing people keep coming back. So Yep. And also, I know I talked to you about this during the event. If the event ends up being large enough, then I am more than willing to forego playing to be okay. an extra judge body and whatnot which yes it would make me sad because i'd be like eh, eh, i want to roll dice but yeah that's always no. the hard part this is seeing like kind of giving something up for the greater good there but um we had a couple actually there was a situation on tuesday on the second day uh where a couple of players were dropping out they just weren't feeling that well and so hey, and then i was like well it's counting on you guys being the ringer and they're like, well, we'll we'll judge, and then if there's anything, we'll just flag you down. Once you ring, so I was, so I actually got a game in, which was kind of fun. Yeah, I caught wind mm. of that, and I was like, oh, Eric plus dice. Yeah, it was pretty cool. That was also ahead of the time because I actually brought out a very, um, I wouldn't call an anti-meta list, but definitely not what people expected, and to the point where it had 18 Reaver jet bikes. And then the week after, the the uh, new War Plus Warhammer Plus animation comes out with the Reaver bikes. So I was like, "See, I was the OG. <laughs> I have summoned the bikes. <laughs> it's yeah, pretty good. It's um, much cleaner animation. It's very similar to the Exodite and um, Angels of Death, and that CGI very hyper realistic." I think what really makes the show stand out is knowing that the atmospheric setting, but also you kind of forget because we all know what you know what space marines are and can name all the chapters in the world of the Imperium. Not everyone has ever even seen a space marine, much less believe they actually exist. And it's kind of one of those things that gets kind of. And I don't want to give away the the plot twist, but um, uh, it's it's pretty neat how they they have this discussion. This you know, they're these imperial guards are um, this colony is being attacked by the Jukari who are on a slave raid, and um, you know they they call upon space marines for help and stuff. So I was like, oh, interesting. So there's a lot of little twists that kind of like oh, I forgot about that even in the lore. So yeah, so I'll probably have to watch it at some probably tomorrow if I'm not too busy. Yeah, that was work. good stuff or on my lunch break. I don't know. So, Are you a gamer that has more bare plastic than you have time to paint? Do paintbrushes spontaneously combust when you hold them? If either of these is true, contact White Crow Studios and get your models painted by a college-trained professional painter. You can contact Bo at whitecrow.commissions at gmail.com and view his previously painted models at White Crow Studios on Facebook. Is your beer keg boring? Does it not have enough tentacles coming out of it? Does it not taste as funny as you remember because you didn't put a tear in it? Well, the wonderful makers of the Necro Nom 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 to replace your average pizza decided to come out with a, another book of the Lovecraft Cock. So they're from RedDukeGames.com and it will guide you through 78 different kinds of cocktails to summon a demon, summon a space bug. Who knows? Either way, it's going to be a very, very wonderful time, and we would highly recommend that you try to not ingest too many while at the gaming table, because we don't know exactly what's going to happen when you roll Perils of the Warp, or you roll a natural one on your persuasion check if you decide to play indeed. So, if you're looking for fanciful drinks, 
go ahead and grab the Lovecraft Cocktails by the madmen at reddukegames.com, the makers of the Necro Nom Nom. Hey listeners, this is Raymond with the Extreme Honest Podcast here to talk to you about KR cases. If you're like me and you're constantly looking for that better way to store your armies, then look no further than KR cases. That's right, this is the foam company known for their soft blue foam in the cardboard cases. They're a great way to mix and match whenever you're heading out for that next tournament. You can just swap out those boxes and no need to worry about switching the foam in and out. They're sturdy. The boxes help protect your models and if you when you order, they come fast. The order is right and for a better price than the other guy. So go to krcases.com and when you place your order, be sure to mention the Exterminatus podcast. I think it is safe for us to jump kind of forward in time <laughs> up to, you know, last weekend. Yeah, a couple events last weekend and um, going to touch on those as there's uh, some significant players there. So what do we got next? Well, we are going to pay. I'm, I'm pretty sure Scari didn't mean to accidentally have this be a slave raid like the Jukari episode was. Indeed, he's been running but that we're for go quite some bash. time now, so glad to see a good turnout this year. Yep, it was the ninth Berry Bash because of the one missed year between 2021 and 2022, if I remember seeing his posts about it. And it had nice. a whopping number of 66 players, and their their top five spread was something like this, with Devin Swan with Astro Militarum, Mark Wang with Custodes, in third place. Really? He did that? Well, he was, so I was listening to him on his podcast, and basically what happened was a buddy of his borrowed his Gene Steeler Colt, so he just played with the models he wanted to play with. And his solution to the meta was take as many blasting char- uh, satchel charges as possible. So he comes in third. That's hilarious. Yep, his last game was a draw at 94 against mm-hmm. um, Sam Procopio. In second place, and that's who awesome models too. Yeah. Okay. And then in first place, we have the aforementioned Sam Procopio with that's some crazy stuff. So, but you know, it's interesting. Buddy, it'll still have the tools, you know, in terms of the the high speed mobility and the Sanguinary Guard and the Death Company, and it's a very different from the Dark Angels that we talked about earlier, where they're kind of stoic and stand in one place. These guys just bomb rush the field and pin you back in your deployment zone. Yep. And because it is the other, it is the currently the backup army to play if nights are too frustrating. The Custodless in fourth place is nothing too different than what you would see before. You have the, the tax voidsman at arms because there's mm-hmm. 40 points of easy action. Monkey. The bike captain Trajan, a total of six Sagittarium two one man, Alorus Terminator, a couple of Achilles dreadnoughts and then nine bikes. Nothing fancy. It's good old Ta- I'm sorry. What sub faction they take? Was it shadow? Key? Um, I believe Mark Wang took... chosen. Okay. Yeah, he took Emperor's Chosen. Yep, so the, the four of Feel No Pain to Mortals and then reroll stuff. So the, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go up against everything, mm. but with all of the stratagem lifts and whatnot, now we can do all of our stratagems more than once. Still, you know, it's still a very potent army, and um, with that many bikes, too, gives them a lot of mobility, so it's very handy, so. Yep, he had all missiles on the bikes, so oh my God. he could pop big things, but yeah. It was a very healthy last couple of weeks 
for a lot of events. Which is always good to see. Yeah, it's good to see. I mean, it's still... Right, it's funny, because you listen to some of the other competitive podcasts, which try to do a little research, and everybody's kind of moaning and groaning that it's the same three armies at the top of the list. And um, mostly... Uh, you know, Space Marines and Guard, and then they, they kind of undecided on what that third one is, but they kind of all go around the same four or five in this kind of trade places. And I'm kind of like, yeah, they, they those are our strong armies, don't get me wrong, but mm-hmm. there's still a lot of good armies out there. So Yeah, like, I will say this, playing World Eaters twice now, one list with Angron, one list without Angron, and World Eaters are an incredibly powerful army not in the fact that they just kill you because they do so many attacks with so many damage. It's because they play the game well that I think a melee-centered Drukhari list kind of did back when they came out, where it's the, I'm keeping you in one corner, and I'm going to do everything else. And if you get out, the thing that gets out is usually hurt, and I can just pick it up with some stray shots. In this case, it's not so much a stray shot. It's a, I still have a unit of five berserkers over here bonk um i but i will definitely say that the list with angron definitely messes with your head a little bit because he is big he is fast and he is mean if you don't have the firepower to put angron down angron will make it to your Mm. lines he will eat something for breakfast like the carnivore he got into combat with me on turn two he did 31 damage good grief to this 12 wound model no amount of feel no pains could save me from that and then he proceeded to repeat doing 31 damage to my desecrator because i was sick and tired of that game and i just fed angron my big knight it's like nope this game is over i'm losing right now let's go but the, the list that does not have Engron has a lot of more tactical value because of the fact that you can afford to spread across the board to go and touch multiple objectives and also to potentially feed your opponent a unit to just keep them busy. Like my opponent, Mark Whitaker, he got to go first. He moved his eight bound 22 inches from start of game to their That's charge that made it into cow. two different war dogs. I only got lucky in the fight phase because I'd killed one eight bound in Overwatch and one armager lived because of my minus one damage strat and I got a lucky six uh, on my save. So he only ate one knight instead of oh, frustrating. It wasn't that frustrating. It was like I expect that to happen because the in- Lord Invocatus <laughs> or Lord Avocado, whichever way you want to pronounce it, has the capability to go, okay. I'm the Warlord. I let stuff pregame move. Oh, you're going first? And my 8-bounder in the open? Okay, I'm going to move them 11 inches into a terrain piece, and now you can't see. Or if you're going first, you slingshot them 11 inches straight at your opponent. They're a fun army to play against, and they're probably a very fun army to pilot. But if you mess up in piloting them, like leaving stuff out of position or letting your stuff die too quickly. Well, that's the impression I get. You can pay there's a lot like, for that. There's, by themselves, they're not particularly powerful, but boy, you make a mistake, they will hurt you for it. Oh, yeah. I have expected Mark on turn two to jump his Lord Invocatus out of the building mm-hmm. to continue holding me on my deployment zone, but he held that juggernaut riding lunatic wow. until like turn four. He was hiding in a building, mm-hmm. standing on an object. I was forced to kill everything else and then go stand on a middle objective with two war dogs. His jackals then come out, hug one. Invocatus gets in between the both of them. Hmm. 
but neither of them died. So that's why I got lucky, and the, the Jackal unit basically... Ew. I had to shoot my way out of combat. <laughs> I mean, there was one guy left after doing morale and stuff on Mark's turn, which was like, okay, cool. This isn't hard. We put all the little shots here and big shots over there while I wasted yeah, my chain can. Oops. So. But with that, um, I think we have yes. just enough time to cover the clutch CGT no, unless you don't want to. Because it's I know it's yep. uh, pretty good close. Friends of the show so, uh, yeah. run the event, so just want to support them as well. Yep, so... Clutch ZTT having, I think they ended up selling out because their tickets remaining says negative one of 136. Yep, it is a good way to go. For actual top five finishers, we have William Ivy playing guard. In fourth place, we have Kit Smith Hana playing demon. Finally, BCP actually last lists their faction on the score sheet. In third place, we have Carm oh. Carmine Batista playing Custode. Jake Gonzalez playing, um, playing Orcs, specifically Goffs. And then in first place, we have Nick Rose playing mm, Gene Interesting. And Nick's uh, switching over to Gene Sealer Cole, but okay. Yep. The noticeable thing about this event, it was only six rounds. Wow. There are two undefeateds. Wow, wow, wow. Because, yeah, statistically, it's at least one, but maybe two. So looking at the overall point spread, mm -hmm. Nick Rose had a much... There was a huge gap between him and Jake's scores. Because Nick's lowest score is an 88, whereas Jake's lowest score is a 79. Ouch. So he was already down by 10 points in round one, and then down by 22, down by 19. It, it just, it was a big 20-point deficit. Nick would have had to lose a game in order for Jake to even right. jump up on top of him by battle points. But this uh -oh. does tie into the random uh -oh. thought that I had random thought time. before we started recording. I think we no longer have to continue thinking Art of War is consistently... Who would you say would be the, the newest contender? Well, currently at the start of the season, half of the events that we just rattled off hmm. were won by people on Death or Glory. Well, um, to call it Scorched Earth, it was pretty much a Xenos petting zoo. Uh, they they cleaned up the top five there. Actually, cleaned up the top ten. Yeah. If only I hadn't played like a dummy against guard or played like a dummy against rule leaders, I might have been up there. I don't know. I can dream. But yes, the the caliber of teams that exists out there now, Art of War is definitely still a top contender because they were best team last season. But now you have Death or Glory with a very strong start of taking... Cherokee Open, taking the Clutch City GT, taking... Excuse me. Um, yeah, yeah, it was those two. And, yeah. It's a very strong start of the season for that team. And we'll see what happens with Art of War to see if they can match that pace. Especially with these larger events. I mean, it's getting, piling up some points early on, so it's a good start. So Yep. And let's also not forget because of the the WCW now existing. Will the WCW Grand Finals that happen in Atlanta in November count for ITC points? Because if they do, that's going to be a really hard event for anyone to win. Well, the impression I got was the WCW is running independently of ITC points. So it's depending on how you run at these, you know, how you do at the qualifying events will get you to the WCW. And that's one of the things that was a bit of an allure to it. Because it's one of those, can I get to four majors this year? Probably not. But if I do well at two of them, I could get best in faction. I might get invited in. And that's, that was kind of like my original thought process for the year. Well, if that is the truth, then cool. You go to the WCW, you got there. That's a big achievement. There's nothing taking away 
you being able to get there because that's a huge hill to climb. And then on top of that, if you can perform well in the ITC, that no, is also not, not a small hill. And um, so my one game is Ringer at Scorched Earth. Yay. Um, tried out my new list. And it's funny, it has a lot of the tools we were talking about earlier. Um, definitely have some major execution uh, issues. It's making a lot of big mistakes. Um, mostly was the overkill situation. Just understanding what, what kills what efficiently. Um, key point. I was playing a uh, Raven Wing uh, army uh, close to 30 Black Knights in this list. It was just something ridiculous. So he was just as Not only that, but yeah, but I, I, and it was everything's T5 and, you know, three and four wounds. So I was kind of went, oh, okay. Um, so at one point, the way we set up the terrain is I actually guarded the flanks, so he had to come through the middle of the table. And that way I set up my mm -hmm. grotesques to greet him warmly. And I had my two boats, uh, my two raiders in the back, and they were filled with corsairs and witches. And then the bikes uh, basically were like move uh, movement blockers. And then, but they also did a fair amount of damage. They were able to um, attack some of the stuff early on that didn't make, like he was trying to do a staging. So I was able to attack him before he make his big push into buy half of the, in the table. And that ended up being a very sound strategy because um, I was taking away a lot of his primary points. But the biggest mistake I made, I had um, two Venoms, one with five Incubi and Drazar, the other one five Incubi and a um, Succubus. I unloaded those and like like turn two, I should have figured it out. The Succubus alone killed all but one bike in the squad. So then the, the Incubi just kind of like, we're out in the open for no reason. <laughs> and later, the he pushed forward the, the grotesques. I was like, okay, they, they we'll see how they do. They end up killing six bikes, and he was smart, and he pulled the bikes, mm -hmm. the dead bodies from the front. So now Drazar and the Incubi, who were originally in, in it, were no longer in the engagement range so they didn't get the swing the only thing that kept them alive was the on the other on the other side of a wall so dumb mistakes like that were yeah. really hurting me and um but uh, overall i did pull out the win which i felt bad for i'm supposed to be ringing i'm supposed to let this guy you know <laughs> you're not supposed to win but it was still it was a fairly close game and um but she didn't see it i think that's the biggest thing i think he may have given up and i was like dude i'm running out of models fast here <laughs> i've got a big lead now but and sure enough he scored uh, a 12 on primary in the, in the mm -hmm. last turn but unfortunately i kept him under eight at least i think all but one turn so yeah yeah you kept him to fours yeah so playing my my biggest takeaway from scorched earth outside of the fact that my are fun they roll buckets, but they're just not effective enough because I need them to spike higher than average on sixes in order for them to actually be truly effective. I need to go to version two of my list with stalkers and more executioners. So that way I have higher damage that exists and I still have roughly the same number of shots. But I really, really like <laughs> the way world eaters play because I'm a very simple. If I can do one thing really well, I want to do that one thing. So if if I'm actually able to put together a world eaters force, given I can find right. um, berserkers and other stuff, I will have that to mess around with on the side. But they'll probably end up. Don't know. I'm still on the fence of can a 
army that wanted to eventually still be competitive. And um, so far, so good. But it's you know early on as as people get more practice into them, will they figure out how to stop them? Well, and if, from looking at the events that we talked about this week, your field of victors was extremely varied. There was Gene Steeler Cult. There was two different Space Marines. There was Tau. Guard and World Eaters are good codexes, but because so many people have them, if they do well, they'll eventually run into each other. Kind of like yeah. the problem of how everyone had Tyranids for a while. Well, half the Tyranids are going to eat each other <laughs> at some so. point. But yeah, I think tonight before I go to bed, I'm probably going to build myself another Juggernaut Lord. Yeah, I just need to scavenge <laughs> base off of one of my blood. But otherwise, I don't this think week. we have yeah. any other events to cover this week, and and I will. I am going to try my best to do round by round updates while i'm out at rocky mountain open <laughs> i get a little lost in the sauce it's a tricky thing to I'm do there, so you know kind of stay on top of things but we wish you best of luck and we'll be watching you from afar through bcp and hopefully on stream that'd be a lot of that'd be pretty cool uh given that i actually get put on stream i want to but oh and actually the rankings are updated with really um our weekend's events not not um the weekend of the fourth and the fifth, so not this weekend, but the weekend with our event. Let me on pull it. those up then. That is uh, excellent news. Uh, so unfortunately, I haven't done done any of our usual uh, fun additional rankings. So we'll just do the ITC ones for now. We'll come back to our fan favorite mid table obscurity, and we'll bring be bringing that back as well. But um, yeah, yeah as. Here we are, ITC rankings. I tend to put the sportscaster voice back on. Slowly loads its way back up, but uh, yeah, the the field is still the wild west because it's the start of the season. It'll probably uh, yeah, I think it's that the more more people get to practice and get to understand. Now, the interesting thing though, I think what is unusual is you know we're not expected to get any more codices, so it's almost like we, other than you know the the nerf gun marines, are we really going to get any new units? So, but it's definitely going to be. Uh, we'll have to see how Vashtor works, because Vashtor is a new unit, and from there, I think Vashtor is probably the last new unit besides the Primaris probably. version of Azrael. All right, so your ITC top ten as we uh, finish our recording tonight. Um, just outside that, just because we mentioned earlier, Nick Rose ended up coming in eleventh, so just missing the top ten. So we won't mention him. Tenth uh, uh, uh. uh, place, uh, gentleman named Raven, maybe a woman, don't know, but that's all they list. So their name is Raven. Uh, ninth place, Nicholas Wingate. Uh, eighth place, Jason McKenzie, the winner of the Scorched Earth Open. Uh, Shane Watson seventh, Stephen Box in sixth. Uh, Jesse Melvin in fifth, Eduardo Munez in fourth, Chris O'Neill in third, Manny Chima in second, and uh, Stephen Crawley uh, with his uh, Dark Angels is coming in first place. So he is currently your leader. Most of the leaders that I read off have got either three or four events under their belts already. So it is just an early sprint in the beginning, and then it kind of reformulates during the uh, season, but this is a kind of an exciting time right now. It's always the, the people get the early jump and you get some names up that you may not recognize. Mm -hmm. So Eric, there's a slight discrepancy between my screen and yours. Cause mine has Mr. Nick Rose as 
tenth place, and that guy named Chris right. is nowhere in the top ten. Oh no, I, okay. just, need to, I just need to refresh like, my page. Never mind. Because it did pop up as a very the screen looked different <laughs> and everything. I was like, this is not usually the screen I look at for the tables, but most have to do with Best Coast Pairings changing their logo and their their website as well. So yeah, no, that's okay. No, I just that's caught me off guard there. I was like, I'm maybe I'm reading the wrong one. So, but yes, I'm going to try my best Rocky Mountain Open. I'm going to try to go three and three because it's out of state major. I'm probably going to lose because <laughs> it's really, 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 really cold outside. <laughs> I think the cold weather should affect your dice anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Funny thing about that, it probably will. I'll just be shaking too much oh, for Golden. Bring back the app, please, GW. Bring back the app. But yep, I'm pretty sure that's. Yeah, that's all we got for this week. We so we'll be back next week, as promised. It's um, barring uh, Robert's travel schedule, but we'll keep you guys posted on all the action in the world of competitive Warhammer. In the meantime, my name's Eric, and thank you for listening to the Exterminatus Podcast. I'm Robert.